Welcome to the Short Rod Show. This is uh, episode number four. You got Ben here. And you got Brett. Thanks for joining us, guys. We're really excited to have you. Uh, today we're going to be talking flashers. Last uh, episode we talked a little bit about how to get by without using flashers, and we thought it would be a great idea to talk about how to fish effectively with a flasher. So that's what today's show is all about. Yeah, it just kind of flows right into it, I think. And, um, but before we get into that, we've got a few housekeeping things we want to talk about. Um, we've had a few updates and things um, from previous episodes. Yep. So last episode I talked about um, that GPS uh, DNR file structure that you could download off of their website. And I was incorrect when I said a KMZ file. I went on their website the other day, and it is a GPX file. Um, doesn't make any difference. You still do the same deal where you download it off their website, you drag and drop it into your My Maps, and you're good to go. It's just look for a GPX instead of a KMZ. You got everyone's hopes up trying to look around for a KMZ. Well, I would have felt bad. Yeah, oh, what the hell is this? <laughs> good deal. But, good deal. Yep. And then also when we were talking about buying cheap stuff off, um, Facebook and that I was wanting to upgrade my auger situation into a, uh, to use my drill clam plate and, uh, strike master seven inch auger. Mm-hmm. I picked up the seven inch auger the other night on a Facebook purchase. I uh, went downtown, picked up a seven inch strike master hand auger, 40 bucks, 40 bucks. The guy said it's he's only dug maybe 10 holes with it. So I was like, well, that's amazing. Let's run it. Well, yeah, what I told you. Did I told you, you, you we were out deal there with them, right? You just no. I was like, dude, yeah. 40 bucks. Uh, when I messaged him, I'm like, hey, I think forty bucks is a very fair price. When can I meet you to get this? Perfect. And then when I got there, and then you know how we were talking about, I've never seen anybody run a clam plate in a K drill. Sure shit. <laughs> There's a clam plate in this K drill sitting on that guy's garage wall. He loves it. He that's why he. I mean, he didn't even cross his mind to put the the strike master seriously. On his, Get on his Gosh, clam that's, plate. That's such a perfect setup having a, a laser auger. Yeah, that's what I asked him too about. You know, always having to lift it up and push it back in. And he's like, "Yeah, you know, I don't. I rarely fish over." He said he rarely oh. fishes over a foot of ice anyway. So he's just fishing central Iowa, basically. Central Iowa stuff takes the kids out. Yep. So he's on pretty nice days. Yeah. He's not doing anything too hardcore. So I think that's a pretty good setup he's got for him. I don't know about mounting that K drill on a clam plate though. That seems kind of overkill. Yeah, well, it's probably safe enough. You know, if his kid runs it or true. something like that. That's true. You know, that cage really doesn't jump out. I don't think it's got a point, I'm pretty sure, on the tip, so it yeah. doesn't jump yep. around a bunch on you. Yep. So, yep. And then I, I made a purchase yeah. this last week. Pump. Um, we were talking about the uh, plastic storage a little bit and ended up finding the uh, perfect answer through our friends at Widowmaker Lures. They, they came out this year with their new plastics wallet. And this thing is just perfect, it's pretty substantial. Yeah. Um, I was picturing just like a standard size wallet when I looked at it. Um, Got it in my hand right here. It's it's good size. So it's how many you got in there? How many can you? How many? I have fifteen different, different kinds of plastics. And there. you could easily add more. It looks a like lot. you could add at least what five well, or six more. Yep, it holds bags. It holds twenty bags. Holds so twenty I'm, bags. I'm fifteen right now. You could put five more in there. Noogies, micro noogies, wedgies, jumbo wedgies, spidgies. Like like Ben bit. said, he is hooked on Little Adam Bait Company. They have my full support. <laughs> they have but your full dollar. This fits just perfectly. Throw it in your tackle bag. Yeah. So I'd like to see uh, what you guys have for feedback on that. But go check it out, widowmakerlures.com. Um, they have a really good deal right now on them. I don't know if that's just a normal price, but they're 9 bucks. Yeah. And the only thing I could see ever failing is maybe one of those bags, like yep. the resealable part goes goes to pot on you. But yep. What, 2 bucks? 2 bucks, and you're back in business. Yeah, you can buy a whole new pack. Yep. So. 
So yeah, coming up uh, after this break, we'll talk flashers with you. Stay tuned. For the Short Rod Show. Hey there, guys. If you've been over to our website at shortrodshow.com and like what you see, you should get in touch with our partners over at Evergrow Marketing. They're a digital marketing agency that specializes in landscape and lawn care businesses, but they also work with guys like us. They can help your business show up on Google and help expand your digital footprint. To learn more about the Evergrow team and how they can help you get more customers, visit them at evergrowmarketing.com. Tell them Ben and Brett sent you from the Short Rod Show podcast to get an additional 10% off your first bill. Ben and I really want to thank our fans for helping the Short Rod Show really take off. You can find us all over the internet at shortrodshow.com. Please sign up for our email list so you can stay up to date with every podcast. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Short Rod Show, and anytime you get a chance, hit that star number five. Welcome back to the Short Rod Show. Glad you're here and made it through the break with us, and we're talking flashers. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about what we have to start with. That sounds good. First things first, we got a couple uh, Miller lights here. We're going to open those up. This is going to be a long episode, maybe. Got the pints. The pints. So different flashers. Brett, you start off. What, what kind of flasher do you run? Yep, so I've mentioned in previous episodes that I run a my open water unit, uh, which is a 698 Hummingbird. Um, it's their old style before they came out with the helixes yep the squares so what i ended up getting was like an ultra you're never going to get this deal twice sort of deal so what it was was they were already on sale because normally i never would have bought this thing because it's got side imaging it's got gps it's got the whole nine yards it was on sale um for like 350 bucks and there was a 175 dollar mail-in rebate on that seriously so i was like yep i should have bought i should have bought all their stock that's what i should have done but so bought that deal, then mounted that on the boat, playing with it, noticed it had a flasher mode. So I was like, oh, well, hell yeah, we'll put that. So what I did was uh, I had an extra little mount that I borrowed from Sean because he was throwing away his old hummingbird yep. or his old fish finder. <laughs> so then it happened to just mount right on there. So I was like, sweet. So I bought that mount. Um, I bought the deucer in a power cord. I cut a little circle out to mount that stuff, and I bought the that'll fit into a bucket. And then I bought just a hummingbird soft shell. Yep. Um, so so yeah, hundred like percent homemade, like a wooden carrier. No, nah, no, nah, the the there's no the carrier is just the shell. There's a handle that's kind of oh, in the shell. Okay. The only thing that's wood is that base that I screwed the base, cool. and then I zip tied a lead acid battery on wow. it that I bought from Fleet Farm. Yep, it works good. Oh yeah, that thing's money. Yep. So I'm running a little bit more advanced setup. <clears throat> um, Not made in your garage. No, but uh, highly commercialized. You guys have probably seen it. The uh, Markham LX6 on a lithium shuttle, on the Markham lithium shuttle. Um, got the lithium shuttle last year and just can't say enough good things about it. It is it is cool. Um, just having that extra power capability, not worrying about running out of battery, run yep. it all day, a couple days. Run well, in the mobility can. of that thing. I mean, just grab just the handle and you light. go. Super light, away you go. Um, bought the LX6, I think, in 2012, um, which is about right after it came out and I've never had, I've never had any issues with it. Um, it's been really reliable, done all the updates that Markham has. Uh, of course the last update, I think it's from 2016. So they're not releasing a lot of new updates for it, but it's really dialed yep. in. So you bought that brand new, right? Brand new. So what made you buy that over say some of your other standard ones? So originally started out with a, <clears throat> a used LX five. Cause this is an LCD unit. Yep. Yep. Digital series. Um, that the LX5 was great, 
Yep. Um, but really just hard to see, you know, you I, like I, in the light, just daylight, just, just hopping around. No, not in the daylight. Just oh. the, it's just really small. The display is oh. just small. Gotcha. Um, as far as like resolution and seeing fish, it's just a little bit on the small side. So, um, what really caught me on the Markham digital series was just being able to update it. Yeah. And they were throwing out updates like every year back then, you know, with this cool new feature, this cool new, uh, um, so is it really that much different than when you first bought it? It's a little bit, or maybe you don't remember, but no, there's, there's, there's more. It's the, the actual sonar portion of it is a lot better Mm. where they, they fine tuned in your gain. You used to have like open water mode and ice fishing mode. Okay. And the gains, gain curves were all screwed up. Oh yeah. Um, We'll go talk a little bit about what gain, gain is. So yeah, gain, gain would basically just be your resolution, how much of your signal you're actually reading as, as it's coming off the, off the flasher. So, um, we can get in a little bit about how flashers work, but basically it's a little bit of magic going on inside there. With some sonar technology yep. that's way above our heads. Um, but it's putting out a signal to the bottom, a little clicking sound. Um, and then that's getting read back up through your transducer too, showing you bottom where the bottom's at, where fish are at, where your lure's at. Um, and gain is just a way for you to fine-tune that. If you have too much gain, you're not going to be able to see anything because all of your um, – there's too much feedback, basically. Yep. You're reading too much. Uh, so you dial in your game. So you see a lot of clutter on your yep on your dial. Clutter, you can't see it's just all colors and flashes and yep can't see anything. Yep, and so that the gain curves that they came out with are gain one and gain two, and it's roughly along open water and ice fishing. But um, turn mine on and and see where mine's at here. But basically, the the new modes that they have on here it's similar to when it was new, but really you know for for how these work. You really don't need to update it past what they have here. I don't know what they might come out with in the future, nice. but um, yeah, really nice setup. The you know the super bright screen, you can read it in daylight, no problem. It's flat. That's another big difference between a regular flasher, mechanical yep. flasher, and a digital series would be that flat display. You can read it from a lot of different angles. Yep. Um, of course, now with Vexlar and Markham having their brushless units and more of a flat screen there. Uh, that looks a lot better too than, than well, and I realize you got the your sh- lithium shuttle now, but back in the day, the big concern was over those LCDs were battery life. That those things would just eat your battery so much. Yes, where your standard flashers that would hum at you all day long just use quite a bit less power. Yep, yep, and they could get you. You could run a whole day on a, a standard flasher. When these came out, like an LX6 was actually, and the reason I got the LX6 was the screen's a little bit smaller. Yeah, for for the setup that I had, I wasn't, I didn't need well, anything any, that big. I don't know. Is there any? Is there that much of a difference between the six, seven, yes. and nine? Like as far besides screen size, so like feature wise. Yeah. So the nine is actually a seven still, but the nine has a camera. Oh, that's, that's the difference. Right. But okay. the seven is yeah. The screen is probably a third bigger. But it's just bigger. So. It's just bigger. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, the features are all the same. They claim it has a little bit better like target separation. Yeah, that's just because the dial's bigger. You can see in between them. Yes. Better. A little bit better resolution on the screen. Um, but really, like target separation, I've never had an issue seeing, um, especially your jig having a bait on it or not having a bait on it. You can tell. I can tell. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. so cool to be able to see that. Ooh, do you know, did a fish bite your 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 waxy off? Yeah, almost to the point where you like, if you get one that pulls your pants down, pulls yep. your plastic down. Yes. Uh, you can tell. You got a little bit 
more of a stout just, mark. The there. return is just a little different. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that all that all what we're talking about here today is just being out on the water, staring at your flasher screen, yeah, and seeing how. I mean, a lot of this. Fish. If you're a new guy, you know, last episode by the time we got to it, and you were convinced to go buy a flasher, um, a lot of this stuff we're talking about today is. It just takes time to stare at the flasher. Yep. That's the main thing. Get out on the on the water. We're not going to get too much into settings or anything like that because all different yep. brands and different water depths and clarities and... Yep. Yep. Bottom it just content, makes a, everything. It just all just makes such a huge difference. So yep. You can't get into settings too much, but talk a little bit about bottom content now that you mentioned that. Um, returns. How can I tell the difference between hard bottom, soft bottom? Yeah. So a lot of people don't know, just, just looking at the uh, bottom content return of your flasher, you can tell... Is it rock? Is it mud? Is it sand? Is it weeds? Is it weeds? That's Absolutely. a big one. Yep, yep. So really that, that comes with some experience, but also just messing around with your gain settings to be able to tell that. Yep. If you have a really hard bottom, you know, say it's just pure rock, you're you're right over a or sand. Uh, rock or sand, rock is going to show up really, really crisp. That whole, it's gonna that be whole red. return is just going to be Dead red. red. Yep. There's not going to be anything poking up around anywhere. Um and that's really how you tell for rock. For sand, it's going to be a little bit of a weaker return, but it'll um, still be pretty end. pretty strong. Still be pretty strong. Yep. Yeah. So then, what? Uh, I hear a lot about these double returns. How do I know when I got that? What's that mean? Double return. That's that's good. That's looking at the space below the bottom on your yeah. flasher screen. So, so it'll look like you have two bottoms. Two is what bottoms. it looks like on your yep. flasher screen. What's that mean? Yep. That that's where you can really read your bottom content even more. Um, I'm pretty sure that's just where. Um, it's picking up a second return. If you have a really hard bottom, yep. you'll get a lot clearer second image um, than if you have a, a a real soft bottom, like a mud bottom. Yeah, what's if, that if look you like? T- if you turn your gain to the right setting, say you keep turning your gain up and you and you kind of see the bottom, but not not all the way. Um, that's a good indication. It's a really soft bottom. Yep. Your sonar is penetrating through, and and not just bouncing right off right away. Yep. So, so sticking with signal. Uh colors and strengths and stuff so how do i know a strong signal like so you hear a lot mm-hmm. of times on when you're watching these youtube videos or whatever oh i got a big signal big mark big mark yep. how do i tell what a big mark is versus a small mark because so, a lot of times it's yeah. not just this big red bar that comes across it's something in between and, and it's tricky because sonar works off of it's not like a camera looking down your hole seeing everything that's under there it works yep. off uh, a principle of how far away the return is from your transducer yep. affects how big it shows up on the screen and then also how big that return is. And it's a cone. And it's you gotta, a cone. That's, yep. To me, that was, the big, that was an epiphany that I had was when you realize that what your transducer is shooting down is not a straight laser straight down. It's making yep. a cone shape. If you can imagine the, the, your hole, the tip of that cone, and it's just going down at an angle. Um, and a lot of them, you can adjust that angle. Yep. But, um, yeah, so cone angle, understanding changed, that but, you're looking at um, a cone. So, so getting back into just size to you, if, if the initial setup is critical, when you set up your gain, um, say you're in 20 feet of water. Okay. Yep. You want to set your gain so that your jig shows up as maybe one, maybe two. It's lines. the smallest mark, but you yep. can always see it. Yes. Yep. Yep. You don't want it fading in and out. Um, yep. you know, if it's, if it's floating around off to the fringes of your cone, you yep. want to adjust the gain up so you can see it all. And that's time. something I always do. Um, every day, at least the, when I first get out there yep. is drop that jig down. Or if I change jigs, if I change the size of jigs, yep. if I go from Keep a big spoon, yep. I'll work, I'll drop my gain or 
yeah, drop the gain down so it's just a little, just yep. blue. And then if I switch to a jig right away, a lot of times you can't see that jig because it's that much smaller. Um, then you got to bump your gain up a little bit to see that jig. But you always want that. Usually that's my measuring stick of where I want to set that gain is. How where can I just it? see my lure? Yes. Yep. That's perfect tip. Because I don't want to catch a fish smaller than my lure, so anything that's smaller than <laughs> exactly. that doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not here to catch plankton. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Um, so once once you get that dialed in, then that's where you can kind of tell uh, once you start seeing bigger fish come in, they'll show up as a wider mark, yep. but they'll also show up with more of a strong signal inside of that band. So maybe you're seeing yellow on the outside and red in the middle. That yep. red band gets bigger. As that the means fish it's a fish. Bigger. Because it's actually reading the the void in their their yep. swim bladder. If you're curious about what colors mean, whatever color that bottom is, mm-hmm. if whatever mark is moving that you think might be a fish, if it's that same color, that's definitely a fish. Yes. Yep. If it's not that same color, it's probably still a fish. It's just kind of skirting outside of yep. your you're just cone you're just or barely picking. It's up. not coming in. But. Yep. But that that's a good opportunity to start jigging differently. Yep. Start rattling them in. You know, calling them in. Yeah, because you will see some noise sometimes on those flashers yep. that will make you scratch your head and yep. Especially annoy if you're you a fishing bit. around other people too with yep. flashers and get some interference and and uh, be able to tune that out is is good too. But we're talking like cone angles and the 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 cone shape coming down. The Markham Digital series has this little graphic on here that tells so you, can you see. exactly how much of a cone on the bottom you're looking really? at. Really? Oh yeah, in in whatever depth of water. So you're it in. just tells you the radius of it. Or yeah, so right here, circumference. right now it's in a simulator mode, but 24 feet of water, I'm seeing 8.4 feet. Oh. So if you switch your cone angle to 20 degree, or sorry, to 8 degree, this has an 8 degree cone and a 20 degree cone, now I'm down to 3.3 feet. Dang, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I didn't know they could do little, that. Just I didn't know I showed you that. That's pretty so, cool. So roughly, I think it's a third. Um, if you take your, your depth divided by your cone angle... And that's what know. you get. That's that sounds right. I don't really I'm think 3. about 3. it. Three point three feet and twenty four. So. Oh, your demo's catching a fish right oh, there. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. So cone angle. There's there's you know Vexillars and Markhams. You generally have about the same cone angles, but um, yep. really the more more options you have with cone angles, the better. But if you're only fishing in twenty feet of water or so or less, you just need one cone angle. It's yep. not really going to make that much of a difference. Really, cone angles are for if you're fishing steep drop offs. And say there's, you're on a drop off where two feet away from you, it's 20 feet, but then three feet on the other side of you, it's 25 feet. Um, you can get what's called a dead zone. Yep. And it's only picking up the closest reading yep. and fish could be hiding in the shadows. Underneath. That happens a lot if you're fishing big boulders. Yep. If you're fishing like broad, yep. Be- Volkswagen beagle, beetle size <laughs> boulders on stony. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's perfect for trying like an eight degree cone angle and just getting a real thin beam going down yep. to be able to, to zero in and, and see all those fish. Yep. Yep. So settle the debate for me, Ben. What's what's the difference between a Markham and a Vexlar? Because looking at them, aside from the LCD screen, yeah. they're very similar Yep. So there's, uh, they're, deals. So Vexlar doesn't have a, a, a pure LCD version yet. Yep. They have their FLX28, which is... The, the Mac the Daddy. The Mac Daddy of all Vexlars, and guys just love the heck out of them. Yep. And for rightfully so. I mean, you can, they've yep. got a lot of versatility lot of that yep. really, uh, I'm not advanced enough in a flasher deal to really even use half of those features, mm-hmm. but when it comes to actually features for a true flasher, that FLX28's 
top of the line. Yes, pretty cool. Um, so, so an old guy told me uh, a long time ago at an ice fishing seminar the two different philosophies of Vexlar and Markham. So, Vexlar, of course, they've been around what sixty years now. It's their anniversary, I think, coming up. Nice. Um, they started out using really highly tuned receivers. So your transducer is sending a signal down, and it, and the receiver inside there is very highly tuned. Um, they don't have to put out a lot of power. So you'll see Vexlar and Markham go back and forth on how many watts of power they're putting out. Yep. Uh, Vexlar puts out less power. But I was told their receivers are all a lot more sensitive than Markham. Yep. So basically they're putting out a little bit of power and then amplifying that to the max to be able to read it, read the bottom and your jig and all that. Markham is putting out tons of power and has a less finely tuned transducer and receiver yep. um, to where they're they're picking up you know, less than all the power they're putting down. But yep. the net result is the same. Yep. I mean, performance-wise, you could argue with people all day about what's better. They still all catch fish. Yeah. They're still 100% better than not running a flasher senior jig in the water versus where the fish are. So, Yeah, it just comes down to price. Yep, don't uh, let that scare you. Preference. Don't. Yep. Quality-wise, they're all going to last about, they all last forever. I think Vexlar's got an edge on Markham for, for reliability and quality, though. You think? Yes. I don't. I guess I don't know. I don't have a lot of experience with either one. I bought a uh, eBay Markham and had to send it in to get the motor. Replaced. Yeah. What was your experience with that? So that was a really cheap, you know, pawn shop eBay VX1 Pro, and bought it for 130 bucks. Ran it for dang, I don't know, a month or so. That's a good deal. And no wonder it broke. Yep, it broke. Yeah. Yep. Just all of a sudden, lights only turned on at the top and never. Got so I mean, customer else. service is pretty important to me. Uh, how? What did you think of your Markham it was, it was experience? Good. It was good. It took about a week, I think, to get it back. This was in maybe September, October time frame. A uh, couple. So years when ago. everyone else is sending their stuff in too. Yeah, I mean, it was busy time for them. Yep. Uh, I think they had a deal for ninety bucks, uh, fl- a flat rate repair fee. No matter is, what the problem was. It kind of cheesy. Yeah. Um, you know, if if they put a, a power switch in it and it costs them four dollars, you know, you're still paying ninety bucks, yep. which is kind of sketch. But um, so I d- I did that. I've pretty much figured out it was going to be the motor that was bad. Just reading online and so you got forms. your ninety bucks worth. Then if it was the motor, well, I sent in the transducer too, and they said, hey, send it all in as a as a set. So you yep. don't need your battery, um, you don't need your shuttle, anything like that. Just send your Markham in and have the uh, have the transducer with it. And they actually test both. Yeah. When they tested my transducer, it was bad. The deucer was bad. So the new transducer. They sent a new one too. So transducer is like a hundred bucks. Motors like so it's basically you know, an overhaul. Bucks. So what you got out of that? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So it should be good to go for a while now. But yeah, that that was ninety bucks. It's that's that's still a good deal. So what I'm picking up is you're pretty pleased with your experience, customer service yeah, they experience. Did, they did good. I'm just frustrated that it actually failed because. Yeah, you, talk, you hear about guys talk about Vexlar just running for twenty five years forever. Yeah, just but you don't know what right kind on. of abuse that thing went through, or you know. Oh yeah, it was from a pawn shop. Yeah, it could have been sitting outside. It might have been yep. picked up in a raid. Had a rough life. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, Vexlar, I haven't haven't had much experience with those. I guess I've just stuck with Markham. Yeah. Through uh, my ice fishing career, but it's treated me pretty well. Having a backup is handy now. Yeah, it I is. Always take that with me just in case something yep. happens. Yep. So now there's a new wave of. Uh, flashers coming onto the market where you're talking more dual purpose. Yes. Um, kind of the stuff that I've bled into a little bit. Yep. The um, Helix What are your Helix thoughts series, on that? The Garmin's. What do you think? It, if I didn't fish with you all the time, I'd be buying one. Yeah. You'd have a Helix already. The the, the lack of mapping on yeah. the Markham 
is is hurting a little yep. bit. To me, it. that absolutely put fish on the ice this oh, past absolutely. winter. Was having yep. that mapping. Yep. I mean, you go to a you go to a lake like Brushy, mm-hmm. where it's just an endless sea of trees in that water. And I mean, how do you know where to start? Yep. Um, the lake bed on the north side. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's where we started. <laughs> so what it is is I can walk around and I can see. I got my GPS location on my unit. I'm walking out there and I'd be like, all right, well, this tree is near a break. Well, mm-hmm. this tree is on a flat. Um, and you can kind of understand, like I mentioned in the previous episodes, um, where multiple forms of structure come together. And that's where that's where I think that mapping really came in clutch. And you yeah. can really see where the creek bed flows also. Yeah, that, that creek. The creek a lot channel. of fish that roll on that creek oh, channel. Yeah. Yeah, Sometimes but- they get a little sketchy on the ice, but... Yep. Uh, it's definitely thinner right over the top of that Kirk Channel. Yeah, it's still but. flowing. That's for sure. Yeah, just just like what we talked about last episode, just being able to mark spots. Yep. You know, if it's DNR spots, being able to see where they're at and see where you are in relation to that versus guessing. Yep. Or even like, what do you think about Navionics on your phone? Have you used that? No, I've never used it. I've I, only, I've always had the since I've been introduced into the world of lake maps, I've always had a Lake Master chip in my hummingbird. See, and I've used. Um, Navionics once, and I actually bought a couple map packs. Some people love it. And it was not accurate. I don't know if if other people have had problems with uh, that. That's kind of all your lake maps. I mean, none of them are 100% accurate. I mean, yeah, they get pretty darn close anymore, but there's still lakes that aren't real well mapped. I think the GPS is off. Might have been. I, I don't know. Maybe you have to pay a lot more to actually have your GPS accuracy pinned down. No, I mean, your phone is maximum going to be 10 feet. That's going to be the best day you've ever had on your phone. But is. a hummingbird will do better, right? Than, mm, than 10? I'd say 10 still. Really? I was thinking more like 3 or 4. Mm-mm. you got to start paying quite a bit more money to get 3 to 4 foot accuracy for GPS. So it's just a finer receiver? It's, not, a re- it's not the receiver at that point. It's the what satellites you're pulling from. And to get finer than 10, a lot of times you got to start paying for it. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. That's come from the ag world anyways. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's what we're doing wrong. We need to pay for some good satellites. Well, yeah, I mean, at least in the ag world, a lot of guys, you're running off your free stuff, and that's what we run off, your phone runs off of, and that's what my your hummingbird and stuff runs off is uh, WAS and GLONASS, mm-hmm. and that's all free, um, and that's 10-foot accuracy. You get any more mm-hmm. or less than that, and you got to start paying for satellites. Dang, what does that cost? We should we should look into that. Uh, not worth it. If this podcast takes off. Ten foot's close enough. I can cast wherever I need to go. Yeah, if this podcast takes off, if the Russians are listening. Yeah, no kidding. We could use a sponsorship to get better satellites. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, getting back into this new world of uh, um, hummingbird. Nice. Hummingbird and uh, Garmin coming on yeah. with a lot of their stuff. The live I'm, view. I'm pretty excited about that. Scope. What I like about the humming, the new ones, anyways, I think Gen 2, maybe Gen 3 hummingbirds, is they got that little bubble. So as we mentioned earlier, um, as that fish is kind of outside your cone or on the edge, your return signal's lighter, where the new hummingbirds will do like a little bubble instead of a flat uh, little flashlight. Oh, okay. They'll have a little bubble, and that bubble will get bigger as that fish comes closer underneath your deucer. So as that fish comes in, the bubble will get oh, wow. bigger. So you'll still see the bubble moving up and down around the dial. But if he's on the edge, it's just a little pin. And then as he gets closer and closer, that bubble gets bigger and redder and redder. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I think that's, that's pretty sweet. Gen 2 and Gen 3. 
Uh, I'm not sure which one. Yeah. It's one of those two. I don't, I, I've never actually used one of the hummingbirds, but I looked real hard at buying a Helix 5 yep. uh, this year. But Yeah, and I mean, for the money, it's all right in that same wheelhouse. Well, if you're it's talking just, expensive flasher, you know, Helix 5, Helix 7. You can territory. buy the Helix 5, that all-weather one, for like, with the GPS for like 500 bucks. Yep. And you're, then you're two-timing it. You're running it open water and on the ice. Yes, that's, that's huge. That's big time. Yep. Yep. Run it for both. Have all your maps saved. Oh yeah. Well, then you can use your same water to ice fishing. Well, the big, the, the, all the rage now and what all the pros tell you is go out now while the water's open and go mark all your ice fishing spots. Go find the fish, mark where those fish are at, come back when the ice is on there and get on them again. Cool. So you can do that with your open water and then ice unit. So now that we have fish, we know what we're looking at on the flasher. Um, how do I know what that fish's mood is? I mean, sure. you get down there, you're jigging at them, and the sucker will just stare at I, I, you. can't. It happens countless times where sure. the, the thing's just staring at you. Um, how do you know which, what to do? Do yep. I do a different jig cadence? Do I need to change colors? Do I need to change plastics? Or do I just need to change completely sure. the whole bait? Well, kind of what I look at and what I my strategy, what I do with it, um, is first make sure you're jigging above the mark. Okay, you have to. Yes, we're good talking tip about on there. cones nice. and and different distances. People don't understand a lot about how a fish could potentially be, you know, two feet away from your jig, but it's going to show. It's going to show about at the same level of your jig. Yep. Um, it's just going to be further away, so that that fish will actually show up below there. So you always want to jig, have your jig be above the fish mark. Yep. Okay. So if you're jigging right at the same level, the fish could potentially, you could be below that fish. He could be off to the side, two, three feet, and two feet above your jig. And you're not even... And the fish's eyes are always on the top of his head. Yep. He's not looking down very often. Yep. So that's the first thing. Make sure you're you're jigging always, your jig is always above the fish. Um, And a lot of times I'll see guys make that mistake and they're jigging right at the same level and the fish isn't reacting. That's yep. usually why. So describe to me a situation where you would be like, oh, I need to change baits. Like if you see a fish act a certain yep. way. So if you see a mark come in, maybe off the bottom, and he's coming up and you're jigging, doing your thing, and he comes up to it within maybe a foot and darts away and just he's out, that would be a good a good time to, to change. So change lures. It, yep. If that's... If you're if that's a really good mark, say you're targeting walleyes or or crappies, um, and it's, that's a for sure a good mark, and you see them come in and turn away, maybe that was a bluegill. You know, bluegill yep. comes in looking at your big crappie bait, and is not interested in the way he goes. So, so then how do I know what kind of mood would the fish be in if I just need to change color? That's that's a tough one. That's a judgment call. Yeah. You're, yep. That's, to me, I guess in my, I mean, yeah, maybe I trapped you a little bit. Um, to just me a little is, bit. <laughs> is when the fish comes up and stares at it for a while. Yeah. If but he won't take it. And won't take it. That means he likes what he sees. He likes the profile, but there's just something off about it. So it just needs a subtle change at that point. Maybe, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the last fish you caught, you forgot to reset your knot. Yes. Um, to make sure that one. you're horizontal. If you're um, dangling at 45 degrees, yep. it's going to come up. Maybe that's what he doesn't like. And say, Whoa, that doesn't look right. But maybe yeah. it could be a color also. Yep. Um, yeah, that's much more of a subtle change to me. Like if it's just a subtle, like he's looking at it, but he doesn't know if he wants it. That's that t- that requires a subtle change. It's when like yeah, you mentioned yep. earlier when they come up, look at it quick and take off again. Then that means they whole new bait. 
Yep, just start over. Um, but really, without having the flasher, you would never you see never that know. interaction. So yep. that that's really we're getting into the fine tuning. You know, the fun part of of fishing and actually going yep. from just catching a few fish here and there to actually being successful and yep. seeing how fish. And behave. we could talk about that stuff till you're blue in the face. But really, to understand what those interactions mean and what you're looking at, it, that just takes time on the water. Yep. And I think what at least this podcast I'm hoping conveys at least to the listeners is get you an idea of terminology. And give you at least a good starting point of what you're looking at and what to think about. Yep. As you're moving forward. Yep, definitely. Um, really, if if you find someone that you can go out fishing with, you know, Brad, I'm out fishing with you all the time, but you taught me all kinds of tips and tricks that I wouldn't have had any idea about before. Honestly, I've learned so much just doing this podcast. Oh yeah, just I mean, talking with each other. Yep. Learning something. Season hasn't even started yet. Yeah. We haven't even. Well, it's close. We're getting close. I might have to eat a little crow. <laughs> i called what around christmas time I, I said december 10th and we're really coming up on it here yeah i saw stan's bait and tackle up there in okaboji they said uh was it little gar iced over oh geez yeah, yeah well, we i mean i'm talking no time des moines ha- i mean we have to actually be able to get on water in the des moines oh, yeah. city limits Not- or polk county oh so going up i'll like give Nevada. you polk county uh Nevada. that's when first ice is yep, yep. no that's not polk county <laughs> that's boone that's Story. Story. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Hey, don't be giving away that spot. All right. <laughs> Enough said. You got to be a said. man about it to walk out to there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for joining us, guys. We had a really good time on this podcast. Uh, um, as usual, we'll keep her going and have some more good topics for you. We're hoping to get a few guests on as well to talk ice fishing with us. Yep. Um, that'll be coming up. On the Short Rod Show. The Short Rod Show. 